It is the 4th of June, 2021, and I don't know if you are aware of this, uh, but uh, we we are, we are we're back. Keep calm. Keep calm. Advent On is back, uh, and we are happy to what feels like was forever, I, I, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like, I'm trying to remember the last time we had a conversation, and I think by calendar terms, it was like a month ago, but it feels like it's been like since the pandemic started. I don't know if that's the same thing with you guys. That's exactly what I'm feeling, but we are happy to be back. And again, to everybody that's watching us or will be watching us, I don't know if you missed us and it's okay if you didn't miss us. Hopefully you noticed we were gone. We missed you guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping that at least you noticed that we were gone and we weren't having the conversations every other Friday, but, but we're back. And uh, we're happy to do this again. Welcome, welcome to everyone that is here today. Uh, that is again watching us live, or will be watching us later, or hearing us for that matter uh, on Spotify a little bit later. Um, uh, Andrew, Martin, how are you guys today? Excellent, excellent. You know, uh, I, I got a lot of comments from different people telling me, "Hey, are you, are you guys still having you guys a series? Are you guys still doing the show?" You know, so I mean, I think that's a good thing, right? That people are, are looking at. Well, I would hope that's a good. Thing. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. That, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, yeah I know people that are that are here that are also uh, uh, you know connecting, and we're trying to reach it out more to the other young people here. So hopefully we'll we'll gain we'll gain a, a bigger audience as well. For sure, for sure. And look, just this is this is like validation here. Jessica's telling us you've been missed, and and Matthew said welcome back. <laughs> uh, and, uh, that, that's, that, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. But we, but we are happy to have Matthew and Jessica and anybody else who may yeah. be watching or watching later. Thank you so much once again for joining us. Uh, and honestly, we are, we're excited now we're missing a crew. So right now we're just am, we're not jam, right? Uh, we're missing <laughs> Jay, uh, we're missing Jason, but unfortunately got caught up in work just a little bit, but he'll be joining us in just a few minutes, uh, to, uh, jump into this conversation. Uh, Andrew, are we still on Spotify or, or have we been kicked out? No, no, we're still on Spotify. We still got all our episodes there. We're just starting our new series, so watch out for that, definitely. You know, so if you guys ever want to... Honestly, you know, that's funny because I, also, I, I honestly listen to all my stuff through audio. So, I mean, if you're one of those types of people through Bible, through your... Uh, you know, I'll look, sometimes I'll even look up uh, YouTube videos that, do, that don't have podcasts. And I know there's, like, alternate uh, apps that you can... You could just copy the URL and put it into the app and it'll let's allow you to listen through it uh, oh, sure. through like audio. So now, I mean, you don't have to do that. So if you don't like seeing our faces, then, then at least listen to the audio. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what? Actually, that's a that's a that's a great alternative right there. Yeah. If you don't like seeing our face. <laughs> um, yeah. And some, sometimes I'm, I, I rather I rather not at all. Um, look at us. But anyways, um, uh, so uh, I I just want to talk just a little bit about what's going to happen, uh, and I know Martin had to uh, just step out for a second, um, but I just want to talk a little bit about what's going to be happening in the next conversations. Again, if you're joining us, thank you so much for being with us today, uh, but we are excited about what's coming. We're excited about what's going to be happening in the next few conversations uh, because we are going to... Uh, you know what? Actually, I'll, I'll I'll try to show you. Can I? I wonder if I could do this. I think I can do this. Um, uh, let's see. Let's see. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Well, while uh, you're looking so, for that, Michelle Elliott says, "Uh, hey, my West Coast friends. Hi, Pastor Martin." She yeah, there we go. Out. I see. I see the. I there see the comment right there. 
<laughs> perfect, perfect. No, Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, and and this is this is what I wanted to share real quick. Um, I this we are starting a conversation on scripture, but you, you'll notice you'll notice that the conversation essentially is about uh, questions on scripture, right? I mean, that question mark hopefully is prominent there. And it's important because we want to tackle certain questions that pop up when it comes to the Bible. And this is going to be a series. So in the next few conversations that we're going to be having, we're going to be looking at a number of different things. Today is part one, which we're titled the rule of faith. Why do we need a Bible? But next week, or not next week, next conversation, we're going to be jumping into other topics, topics like contradictions in scripture, things that we see that sometimes look contradictory in the gospels. We're going to be looking at some of these attacks that scripture is given. Like, for example, uh, we're told that the Bible promotes slavery or it promotes genocide. How do we respond to those things? Can can we believe in scripture when it, when it talks about these things or it records these things? Um, we're going to be looking at Bible translations. If you ever had a conversation at all about Bible translations, we're going to be looking into that as well. Uh, maybe you've been trying to find a Bible. These conversations are going to be for you. But anyways, the point is, we're going to be having a lot of talk about Bible and conversations that have to do with Scripture, you know, and and are related to it. And so, I'm hoping that all of you are going to be able to join us, Andrew Martin. Anything you want to want to say about this series that we're jumping into? No, I'm excited, man. Honestly, I've been uh, I don't know about you guys, but I've been I've been seeing what other people are saying, especially about how important the Bible is now. You know, uh, matching political views, matching uh, gender politics and all that with what the Bible says. And mm -hmm. and not just as Christians, but even other people, historians, uh, um, uh, people that, like you said, use the Bible to either justify their view or to criticize the fact that it doesn't agree with their view. You know, but I'm excited. I'm excited, man. Yeah, um, this is actually one of my, my favorite topics as soon as we talked about this. Honestly, this is one of the topics that helped me uh, strengthen my, 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 my personal faith. And one of the topics that kind of got me, uh, uh, how would you say it, delving into uh, the, the, the more scholar, scholarly side of things. And it kind of got me more intrigued, maybe a little bit too much sometimes. Maybe I, I, I start to geek out and I start going in, uh, into some of these articles and be like, man, it talks about this. Well, let, let, let's look at this, you know. Right, right. It fascinates me, some of these things. And I think that it has, like, like I was saying, fortified my faith. And I think it's something that is absolutely crucial in this day and age. While maybe 10, 20 years ago, this was something that maybe didn't never needed to be brought up. Sure, now sure. it's something that has to be brought up. That is concrete and it's present truth. Yeah, absolutely. No. And and I, I think honestly, I think um that at some point or another, every single one of us have to encounter some of these issues. And that's why yep. we want to tackle them because there are a number of things that pop up whenever you try to talk to people about scripture, about the Bible. If you've ever tried sharing any of that, these are the things that are gonna gonna come up. And we hope that our conversations will help in at least trying to answer some of those questions. But we want to jump into today's conversation. Uh, again, uh, Jason will be with us in a little bit. Uh, and then for everyone else, thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching us later, thank you so much for uh, clicking uh, for, I don't know what, subscribing. I, I never know what to say with these things. Subscribe, like, thumbs up, whatever it is. Um, but we hope, yeah, sharing for sure. Definitely share it at this moment because we think that this is going to be an important conversation for a lot, a lot of us. Uh, but anyways, we want to jump into this. Uh, and again, as I mentioned before, today's conversation is titled Rule of faith. And the main question is, why do we even need a Bible? So 
uh, Andrew, is it okay if you lead us in prayer at this moment? Yes. Let's, uh, if we can all please bow our heads. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, at this time, we just want to ask for your Holy Spirit to come into our minds and to come into our hearts, Lord, asking that uh, you would guide this conversation as you always do. Lord, at this time, sometimes uh, we're going to have to go into uh, outside sources or talk a little bit about uh, the, the intellectual side, Lord. We ask that even when we do that, Lord, that it may still be according to your will, that uh, everything we, we may speak, Lord, may be according to the, the, the evidences that we found in your word, Lord, and the, 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 the power that your spirit has given us, Lord. I just ask that uh, you would open everyone's hearts to be able to hear uh, what we're going to be talking about today, Lord, and that we may just be instruments used by you, Lord, and that none of this stuff may be things that are our opinions, Lord, but just uh, that uh, everyone in this conversation may be able to evaluate these things and look it up for themselves. Lord, Amen. I just ask uh, that you would be with us now. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. amen amen all right thank you so much for that andrew uh again we want to welcome everybody that's watching us live at this moment and if you're watching us later again thank you so much for taking time to jump into this video and uh and and see what this conversation where this conversation leads us all right so i got a, a quick just question uh, this is just kind of like a little survey question uh martin andrew um i'm curious how many how many physical bibles do you own like i'm not i'm not asking how many Bibles you have on your phone or the app? I'm talking about how many actual Bibles do you own? I was going to tell you, I have many translations. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. See, that's, that's what I'm asking about the physical Bible. Uh, and, by, and by the way, for everyone else that's watching, I'm just curious as well. We want to survey you as well. How many Bibles do you own? How many actual Bibles can you hold in your hand if you were to take one out? Right? How 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 many do you have, um, Martin? It looks like you were counting, brother. I I, I think I think you're up there. I think, uh, I think, and my wife can confirm. I'm, I'm right now at, at church, so she, if she can do me the favor if she's watching, right, uh, to go, to go and count. But if I'm not mistaken, I think I have twelve. Twelve. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Plus one here uh, in the office, so thirteen. Sorry, thirteen. Nice, thirteen. Okay, Andrew, what about yourself? Uh, You're counting them? Uh, yeah, I see like seven Bibles that I have right here. Yeah, I, 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 I think all together because I have some spread around. But I think I have like about 16 of them, like physical ones. And then and then it's crazy because I actually have like these individual uh, so English standard uh, version translations where they're just single books. So oh. you, you, could, you could probably see them somewhere like right. I, I, right actually, I actually, actually have an unbound one. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm just kidding. Imagine. Is it from the, from the uh, Gutenberg Press or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. we got to open every page. <laughs> yeah. So, so, ch so check this out. Um, Michelle says that she's got two physical Bibles, all KGV. Uh, Jessica tells us that she has three physical Bibles. Matthew has three physical Bibles. Uh, and he says, look, that are mine, right? But some are my mom's. And, and I, we appreciate okay, that clarification, okay. Matthew. And honestly, and I'll, I'll confess then, only this Bible right here is actually my my Bible that I bought with my own money. <laughs> nice, nice. The, okay. All these ones right here, these are probably my wife's. I see some pink ones. Also. Uh, I, I hear you. One. I, I hear I hear you. Yeah, you know what? Look, uh, it's weird because we're going into a world where physical Bibles are actually kind of falling into the past. Um, it, you know, I, I, I've, I noticed this recently. I was preaching. I was preaching to my young people at church, and then all of a sudden I asked them to take out their Bibles and let's read a certain verse. And they all took out their phones, not a single physical Bible. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's interesting, right? What's going on, but what's fascinating. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Andrew. No, it's funny that you say that, that they all, um, they all took their phone out. 
uh, just on the side note, I, I was seeing, I don't know if you guys seen this, some, someone was doing like, I don't know if it's a, a TikTok or something like that, where they were asking different generations to show how you, when you, when you do the symbol for a phone, what do you do? You know, like yeah. if you were to do a symbol oh, of a phone, right. you would do this. Yeah, and the young yeah. people, all of them were like this. <laughs> we're doing I was like, what? That's so crazy. <laughs> so, so that's so funny that you mentioned that just in the yeah, side that's, note. I, I think that's what my kids are doing. Uh, they, I mean, they just they just kind of picture this thing right here. Uh, but you know what? Um, I, I think that at the end, there is something that's going on, right? It's not so much what type of Bible you're using to study. It's that there is a lot of attack towards Scripture. Right. Yeah. And people are pushing back towards scripture. And so we want to jump into this very important question again, because we're live today. We may be having actually a non-live, like a pre-recorded conversation coming up soon. But at least for this conversation, when we're live, we want to hear also from you as you're watching. Um, but we want to start off with what I think is a very interesting question, a very simple question, perhaps. But I think it's a very important one. And the question is, why do we even need a Bible? So, so let's let's start off there. Why why do we even need a Bible? And, and this, I think, in the context of God being all powerful, being able to do whatever He wants to do, why a Bible? What, what what say you guys? Well, in in I think in everything that we've. By the way, we got we got Jason in. We got Jason in. So, <laughs> um, everything that we've we've uh, at least uh, you guys can correct me. Everything has an owner's manual. Everything has an instructions manual. Everything has, especially right now with right everything you find on YouTube, there is some type of instruction on how to do this, how to cook that, what you should and shouldn't do. Why not a book that will tell you about morals, about faith, about mm -hmm. creation, about purpose? And the Bible has all that, you know. So I would I would answer that question. Why would you, why would we need the Bible? Well, because we need a book that will show us not only the purpose of why we're here, but that there is a God in heaven that placed us here for a reason. Okay. Uh, uh, and again, welcome to Jason that has joined us. And Jason, in case you can't see it on the screen, but why? the question is, why do we even need a Bible? We'll, we'll give you a second there to collect your thoughts. Andrew, what are your thoughts on this question? Ooh, I think uh, I'm out there. Uh, how would you say this? Say this with a, with a warning. I, I don't, I don't want to uh -oh. sound uh, blasphemous here. Uh -oh. And it says, why do we even need a Bible? I say that we do and we don't. Uh -oh. And the, the, so, the this reason, already sounds bad, brother. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> the reason I say this is that obviously we have we have a Bible. Well, the reason why I say it's possible that we didn't need a Bible, even though this is the way that God has chosen to reveal himself. We know that in the past. Right. There was no such thing as the Bible. And the Bible says, uh, Paul, I believe he says that God has set pre-appointed times hope that hoping that we should seek him right so we know that there are, if we assume i guess there are god there is a god right i guess that would be a whole nother topic on this on its own right uh the evidence is for god but if the assumption of god is there then the next thing that we would have to ask is has god spoken right and just like uh um uh, martin was saying we have a owner's manual or, or a guide right which is the bible right I think and I, I want to hear what you guys are, you know, your guys thoughts on this. I, I kind of started thinking about this a little bit more because we see that God has chosen to reveal himself through his Bible. But he didn't always do this, because if we think of the people and the prophets in the past, they didn't have an owner's manual. 
that that God revealed himself. And I thought I thought of three different, uh, I guess, eras that we could break it down to. We could probably break it down into more. Right. So we have God of the Old Testament, in which God reveals himself in a supernatural way. Right. With the Israelites. Then we have the time of the of, uh, of the disciples where God reveals himself physically. Then we have our time. Fast forward to our time. And we have where God has now uh, 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 revealed himself through his word and spiritually. But one thing that always caught my mind when we when, when thinking about this is the fact that it seemed like in almost every one of those generations, they seemed almost unsatisfied with how God revealed himself to them. If we think of the Old Testament, uh, I know Job in one part, he says that how he wished for a mediator, right? That there would be a mediator between him and God, right? Obviously, we see that in the person of Jesus that comes way later, right? When we see the, the disciples, right? It's almost like they wanted to see God come in, in, in uh, uh, what does it say, in the, in the clouds with fire and take over, right? And at times, they even wanted to know about the future, right? When will these things happen? You know, it's almost like they were unsatisfied with Jesus physically being there. And now we fast forward to our time. And we almost, when we have all these resources in the Bible, we say the same thing. We are unsatisfied. And we say, well, how come God doesn't reveal our, our, himself to us like in the past with these supernatural ways? How come I, I would believe him if I physically seen Jesus, right? So it seems to me like in every generation in which God has revealed himself and, and, and how much more now, we are unsatisfied no matter what the case. Hmm. I want to see what that's, you guys think that's, about that's that. That's interesting. That's interesting. I... I that's very interesting, Jason. What what say you? I, I think we'll, we'll 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 come back to this issue, but I, I want to make sure I get all of you in there. Oh, we can't hear you, Jason. I'm sorry, I had the mic muted. I've been talking. Oh, to you <laughs> no, oh man. Um, I it to me the question isn't even why do we need the Bible. It's more like why would we not need the Bible. If you look at it, if we look in the Bible, the Bible, what we understand from it is that before the written, the written, the actual physical copy that we now have in our hands, everything was done mainly through memory, right? It was mainly only in the synagogue that people had the Torah. It was even back then. It was hard to have a physical copy of the Torah. It wasn't common for every household to have one. And if you did, you had little scripts like little strips of it and you had it like in little boxes and it was and the typical um tape to your forehead you would put it on your arm type of deal right so now it's crazy how the power of the printed word the physical text how it, it to me it's just crazy how much it changes things because even if we go back to the dark ages the only people that had the bible was the catholic church the, the big religious powers of the time. But once the Bible was able to get into the hands of the, the people, it just changed history forever. Then mm. you see um, Martin Luther do his theses, and then just Bibles just started spreading around the world like crazy, and it just changed people's view of who God was. To me, it's we need the Bible to, in a sense, to be to be to educate ourselves and to be free from the burden of other religious powers on ourselves. Because that's really what the Bible, historically, that's what the Bible has done. It's It's been 
freedom of li literary oppression, which I find crazy that that we've had oppression to the point that even the physical copy of the Bible used to be hard to get. And now we there there's sometimes families that just have Bibles that have never even been dusted in years. That literally is a centerpiece in the living room. Yeah. When yeah. back then having a Bible was literally mm. your most prized possession that like, it's crazy to hear the stories of the Valdin, Valdenses. Like I, I always forget how you, I confuse the word. Yeah, Spanish yeah. It's crazy to hear how they would hide their Bibles and pieces of bread in the oven because if not, they would get killed because they have it. And now we have it. It's like, Oh, I forgot where I put mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah that, look, no, and I, I, I appreciate all your answers. Um, can I say that that perhaps I, I come at it from like a completely different perspective? And perhaps this even goes back to what Andrew was saying. I, I understand what you said, Jason, the the almost the the functional purpose of scripture today, right? Or what it meant almost in history, right? And for, for it to be available uh, to everyone. Um, but I think this is an ontological question. I, I'm saying this is like a like a, a question of essence of being, because we know the way scripture begins and the idea is that we have God as creator and we are creation. And there is no need for anything to tell us about God because humans were able to talk to God directly. Adam and Eve uh, was, was able to be in the presence of God with no issues whatsoever. And so then after sin, we had, we run into a problem. And if you guys remember, if you're following the, the story of scripture, eventually you get to a point where Moses says and tells the people prepare to go and, and meet with God at, at Mount Oreb or Mount Sinai, same thing, right? Um, and the people prepare, but when God finally shows up and the mountain is shaking and everything is going crazy, uh, Scripture says that they actually got scared and they asked for, an, uh, for, for a mediator, just kind of what you were saying, Andrew. The thing is that I feel that because of sin, there is a gap that's created and a gap that sometimes even intimidates us, but it's a gap that there is absolutely no way for us to cross. We as humans cannot cross the ontological gap towards God. You cannot reach God. You cannot reach heaven. You cannot make it up there. And so then God is the one that has to bridge that gap. And in bridging that gap, I believe that the greatest revelation of, of, of that gap, of that gap being bridged, right? Of, of God coming and doing what he needs to do to reach us is Jesus. But scripture then becomes the only way to Jesus. And so how is it that I can have a relationship with God when he is wherever he's at? And I, I can't physically see him. I know that he told me, right? He tells all of us, if you see me, you're going to die. So there's has to be a way where he reveals himself, does it through Jesus, but then scripture, all of it, the Bible is all pointing to Jesus. So I feel that we need the Bible uh, in, in uh, and I'm, you know, John 5, 39, you guys know this text. You search the scriptures for in them you think that you have eternal life, but really what they do, Jesus says, is testify of me. That's 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 what that's what the Bible says. So how else do we get close to getting to Jesus, who is the full revelation of God? He is God among us without scripture. I think that's why that's that's probably my main reason as to why we need a Bible. Yeah, I, I kind of want just to add to that. You know, it's interesting that you say that it's a if God has spoken and this is the revelation of God, then what does that mean for us? You know, I think a lot of, um, how would you say, progressive movements today will say things like, oh, well, I follow Jesus, not the Bible. You know, and I mentioned this to you guys. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was interesting because 
G in the Bible is where we get the idea about who Jesus is and who God is. So this idea of, you know, or this picture of, oh, I follow Jesus and, and not the Bible, I think is a little bit contradictory. But uh, that's just a side note. But what I wanted to say with all this, if God has spoken and this is his re revelation and this is how he's reaching out to communicate with us. Right. Then what does that mean for 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 me personally? Right. For us personally. Right. Uh, I think of one of the, the Bible verses that I always talk about where it says that Noah was righteous in his generation. Right. So Noah was faithful in how God revealed himself to to the knowledge that he had in his time. Right. And so were the disciples. And now that we have the Bible, we are also responsible with that same knowledge that we have. As a matter of fact, in Matthew 13, 13, when uh, Jesus is speaking to the disciples, and I don't know about you guys, but have, I don't know if you guys have ever had one of those verses that you read it and it just brings you to tears. This is one of those verses when I read it, man, it was like a full circle moment that just like brought me to tears when Jesus is talking to the disciples. And at the end, uh, well, he's talking about those who uh, 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 cannot hear and those who cannot see, right? At the end of the verse, he says, for truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it and hear what you hear, but did not hear it. That was like, man, that gave me chills because in essence, uh, what Jesus is telling the disciples, man, you guys have something here physically that many generations were longing to have. Like uh, 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 Mitch was talking about a mediator right between them and God. And how much more does that does that text right there hold weight when we apply it to what we have? Not only do we have the Old Testament, we have the New Testament, what the disciples went uh, went through. And now we have all that in a Bible with red lettering, with separated text, with uh, any uh, any version that you want to be able to find online with uh, whatever language you want to hear. Like literally, we have everything at our fingertips. How much more weight does that have when he said you know, uh, for truly, I tell you, many of the prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see and hear what you hear, but did not yeah. hear. That's a personal message to us. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to recognize Michelle. Uh, she, she wrote she could not survive without a Bible nearby. She says, even if I don't read it as often as I should, it is literally my earthly protection. I need a Bible to research and learn more about God. I think that's a that's a that's a powerful statement. I, I, I am more and I, I, I want to ask you, though. But you see it, you see the necessity of a Bible much more than an owner's manual, right? Um, I, I mean, oh, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. I was on mute. My bad. <laughs> you what's, going, what's going on, guys? Hey, this is, this is what happens when you guys are on vacation for too long. All right. You forget to turn on your mic. <laughs> um, what, what was the question again? Yeah. That, so that I'm, you, I'm just uh, what, you said? Yeah. I'm asking you if. You see the necessity of having the Bible much more than just like an owner's manual. Like I, I don't, I mean, I know what you're saying, but I think that, I think there's more than that, right? I mean, no, I, I'm assuming that you said, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm glad that you wanted me to to clear that out. Um, I actually want I uh, I wanted to add something to what uh, Andrew was saying, um, and this is actually out of our what Seventh Day Adventists believe. Uh oh, yeah. Um, and it says no book has has been so loved, so hated, so revered, so damned as the Bible. Mm. People have died for the Bible, just like how how Jason said. Others have killed for it. It has inspired uh, man's greatest no greatest noblest acts and been blamed for its most dam uh, damage and uh, degenerate. 
Wars have raged over the Bible. Revolutions have nurtured in its uh, nurtured in its pages. Kingdoms crumbled through its ideas. People of all viewpoints, and this is very interesting, from liberation theologians to capitalists, yeah, from fascists sure. to Marxists, from dictators to liberators, from pacifists to uh, militarists, searches pages for words which, uh, with which to justify their deeds. The, the Bible's uniqueness does not come from its unparalleled political, cultural, or social influence, but from its source and its subject matter. Mm. It is God's revelation of, of the unique God-man, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Savior yeah. of the world. Yeah. Um, I did mention the fact that the the at its at its basic, you know, if you wanted instructions on how to leave Earth, right? The 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 cheesy acronym, basic instructions before leaving Earth, <laughs> right? Um, the Bible is so much more. You know, you can find how to treat your your family, how to treat your enemy, how to how to how to treat the Earth. Um, yeah. You know, from from ideas to to uh, where where the universe was created to also, you know, as simple as does God care about me or or what does what the how should I view myself? You know, also because mm. within its pages we find, I mean, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, and even the people who are watching us, uh, we find all life's answers, which is obviously a lot deeper than just an instruction manual, a how-to manual. This is this is the book. If you if you want something that will feed you in every area of life, this is that book. Yeah, no, I I, I appreciate that, uh, Martin. Uh, which which by the way, let me let me transition into this next point because I think it just it just naturally leads to that. And Andrew, I'll, I'll come right back to you here, but really, um, th this kind of leads you to just ask the question, right? How important is the Bible to Christians and and Adventists? And so, Andrew, I, I don't I don't want to cut your thought there, but I think it just connects very well. No, no, no. I, I wanted to throw a, a monkey wrench kind of at you guys. Already? Uh, we're, we're, all, we're just in question one, bro. Yeah, no, I, I wanted oh to throw goodness. a monkey wrench. And, and uh, I, I, we, didn't, we didn't have this question, but I, it's an interesting question that, that I thought came up. And, and I wonder if this kind of uh, meshes what we're going to be talking about. Because when we're talking about this subject, it seems like we're all coming at it from a perspective of Christian believers, of people who grew up in the faith, right? Sure. Now, looking from the outside inside, right, many of the times when we talk about and we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, some of the evidences for, for, for the Bible. Right. And it's reliability. But one of the questions that someone said, and I want to see what you guys think is they said is what what like, or what would you say to people that say you can't use the Bible to prove the Bible? In essence, you, 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 you guys understand what I'm saying. You, you can't use the Bible to prove the Bible. So we're looking at it from a perspective of the, oh, we're Christians. We believe in the Bible. Sure. But when we talk about, you know, evidences for the Bible, what would you guys say about uh, something like that? You can't use the Bible to prove the Bible. Well, the Bible is a historical book. You find evidences of uh, kingdoms that have been foretold. Uh, like, for example, in, in the case of the book of Daniel, right? You have already the, a timeline of these kingdoms even before, before those kingdoms were even were even, uh, I, I don't know, created. You could you can say, you know, um, uh, one of the, one of the evidences that I see as a Bible as as a book that is relevant and also that you can that it can be trustworthy is because it it goes hand in hand with history, you know, um, and also the amount of copies 
that you find, you know, people, people look at, for example, the book of uh, uh, the Odyssey as a historical book, right? Um, uh, or, I think or, or, with, or with historical elements in it. With histor sorry, but yeah, with yeah. historical elements. And there's what, like, like 300 copies of that? Of the original, right? Something like that. Something and smaller, just yeah. in just in the old and the New Testament alone, you have over three thousand. And if you consider one with some historical significance, why would you not consider another with even more historical significance if it has that type of, uh, uh, I guess, uh, um, publishing? You know, because if you had three hundred copies of one and three thousand copies of another. I think that's a pretty good reason, and that's just one side. Uh, I don't know what what. Yeah, I just want to can I, can I add just one more before you answer, Mitch? I, I I say this only because you know some some can see this as a how would you say it um, circular reasoning, the, uh, and what I mean by that is when you when we claim like when we claim that uh, for instance, oh, I believe in God. Well, why do you believe in God? Because the Bible says so. Well, why does why do you believe? Uh, uh, in the Bible, because God says it's the word of God. So it's like you're using a point to validate another point to go back to another point. You know, so some people might say, you know, you can't use what's in the Bible to be able to prove the Bible. And I think that's a it's an interesting question. Um, look, let me, let me just just a couple of things, Martin, uh, in regards to how many uh, uh, copies or manuscripts we have of, of, for example, the New Testament. Actually, the number is incredibly high. Um, now we don't, that doesn't mean that we have full copies of our Testament in Greek, of course, but yeah. if we were to talk about all the manuscripts that have been found, we're looking at close to 6,000 in Greek oh, okay. only. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 6,000 in Greek only. And then you're looking, I think like about 10 or 11,000 in Latin or, uh, something like that. Like once you start going into the other languages, uh, of course these are later copies, but, um, but go going back to this question, Andrew, it's a weird thing with sacred books. Because sacred books, I don't think are meant to be proved. They're meant to be believed. And let me explain that. Um, I, the, the, the person who questions the validity of the sacred book requires proof. But the person who believes in the sacred book doesn't require proof. They, they believe in faith. And so, it be, it, so that very question of the circular reasoning becomes a question of someone who doubts, of mm -hmm. someone who questions, not of someone that comes from faith. And so, and, and, I, and I think that if you follow the thought process of someone who questions and says, look, Scripture is circular reasoning, well, they're denying the premise, right, that Scripture says, which is that this is the written word of God. If you deny that it is the written word of God, chances are you either believe that there is no God that has a written word, or you're saying that there may be a God, but God has not spoken. And now we've jumped into complete denial of of the basics of any type of faith for that matter specifically christian faith and so when someone you know when someone responds and says look uh you know prove the bible without using scripture that's that's almost like someone telling me prove science without using a textbook right like 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 what do i do how, how do you want me to do that oh let me take you to a lab and let me show you well but we're going back to the very same thing with the issues of faith in god and so um, I don't have a problem with establishing the script that scripture speaks about itself. The question is whether or not you believe that scripture is inspired. And I think yeah. that's where the, 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 the million dollar question is to what you're asking. Yeah. Is it, or is it not inspired? Because if it is, then the issue of it, it can't speak on itself or it can't speak on its own. It's a, it's a, it's a moot point. I don't, I don't yeah. see. 
I, I, I agree to you to a certain point where you said, you know, it, one is, is based on, you know, the idea of belief, right? And if, if you're, in essence, saying either you come at it from the angle of you believe this or that you come at this from the angle that you don't believe this. The, pro- the problem with that is, in essence, it makes it seem like either you have faith that the Bible is the word of God or you don't have faith. And then it leaves room for saying that, you know, you're just believing because that that's the premise you know what i'm saying and i i think that when we think of faith obviously it's not just believing but there's evidences for it i think from the perspective of assuming that something is the word of god like for us for instance if we say the quran makes statements of it being the word of god if someone just says that they have faith that with the where they go in there with the premise of saying this is the word of god and that's what they believe then what do we say to that or someone to like joseph smith or we would look at the evidences right i think when we when we when we say i mean this whole idea of circular reasoning i think uh, you guys were kind of hitting on uh, on the nail a little bit is that we can't uh, use the bible to assume it's the word of god and obviously we as believers believe that but we can use it to test it right just like uh, martin and you were saying you know, uh, 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 I heard a, an apologist use a perfect example of a dollar bill, right? There's many ways, you know, you can't, like you were saying, Mitchell, there's no way uh, to prove something or find evidences about uh, science without a textbook or whatever you're saying, right? The same with the dollar bill. You can't use, you can't say, oh, prove that that's a real dollar bill without using a dollar bill to see if there's evidences about how the ink is, how the, the texture, you know, when you hold it up to the light. And I think that from that perspective, we can use the Bible uh, uh, to look up evidences for it. We just cannot use, I, I think, at least from a, a logical perspective, use the, the the phrase and say, you know, I believe this is the word of God because God said so. And why do you believe that? Because, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Andrew, and see, and I would say, I think no matter what, it always goes back to an issue of faith. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see how you escape faith from this conversation because first of all, we weren't there to see it written. Sure. Right. I mean, you could see a, a dollar bill perhaps being printed, but you, you, there, there's no way for me to tell you who wrote it when they wrote it. I wasn't there. And so even from that point of view, you have to take it on a matter of faith, but, but uh, evidence and yeah. I well, say well, it was- well, well, no, right. Right. But, but see uh, to me, the evidence, the evidence, of what? What is it that we're trying to prove? Are we trying to prove that it is the word of God? Or are you trying to prove that it is reliable? Both. Okay. See, because I think when and, and you I don't, approach, and I don't, and yeah. I don't think I, I don't, you know, I don't like the word prove. I think evidences, you know, we find evidences. You're not going to find every single archaeological thing for everything the Bible says. That's just not going to happen. But as long as we we can we can be a file, a, a, how would you say a consensus? All right. I think obviously it's going to the rest is going to be based on faith. Sure. No, no. But what I'm saying is that I think you have to approach the question separately in in a sense that the question of reliability is based on evidence primarily. But the question of whether or not it's the word of God is a question of faith. Mm -hmm. Now, now, now we've always gone back and forth on this issue where faith and we've said this very clearly, by the way, for everybody that's watching us. And again, thank you for watching us at this moment, um, that faith is an issue that is not completely blind, but it is belief on things that are unseen. 
-hmm. right? Now we'll say the evidence of the things that are unseen. And what is that evidence? Well, we'll talk about the things that happen in the heart, the fruits of the spirit, et cetera, et cetera. And yet, and yet it still comes down to faith, right? And I'm, and I'm not, I'm not saying in a way, am I saying that you're wrong? I guess what I'm saying is that yeah. the person who is, who is bent on saying circular reasoning will stay on circular reasoning. Sure. At some point that person has to say, you know what? Okay. I'm going to take a step in faith and let me say that this is the word of God. How does this come to me? And I think that the evidence will come from that, but you got to start somewhere. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what Jason, you've been awfully quiet, man. What, what are your thoughts on this? <clears throat> I just think that there's just so much in the Bible that has, because me, I'm always like, I, I love history. I love history and, and all that stuff. So there's just so much in the Bible that is backed up by non-religious books that it's just like, how can you how can you doubt of its validity if things that aren't religious are proving its validity? How can mm -hmm. you even tell me that? How are you how are you gonna come to me and tell me that oh it's it's all fake? Like it was some 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 rich family trying to control the world and to keep people under control created that book. You know, like there's so much in the Bible that points to it's like the fact that you don't need the Bible to prove it. Like you really don't like to, to someone that comes at me with that question, like, oh, but don't use the Bible to prove itself. I don't need to. I really don't need to because there's so many other books, books that prove that have to be proved that prove themselves. The bunch history, like it's so rich in history. That it it doesn't it doesn't need to prove itself, and that's something that that's something that I find crazy about God too. You don't need God to prove Himself. Everything else around us proves there's a God, and it's the same thing with it's kind of like the same thing with the Bible. Everything around it is what proves the Bible. Like even like things that in the Bible, one of the ones that like always comes to mind that just that just blows my mind is the fact that for so long people would say, "Oh, there's no way Jesus could have been." could have sweated blood there's no way like that's that's one of the main main, main reasons why i think the blood is fake that i mean that the bible's fake but yet science comes along oh no there's a condition there's literally a condition where you're stressed so much that blood vessels within your within your sweat glands blow up mm. and you start sweating blood and there's so many other little things along the line that come that 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 just show that in the non in the secular world that prove the Bible. I, yeah, no, I, I appreciate that, Jason. Yeah, I I think I think I think God has done a good enough job pres preserving Scripture. <laughs> I mean, because look, seriously, it, yeah, it's it's the one book that people have tried burning and destroying time and time again, and it still persists. And I think you know, going back yeah. to what Martin was saying, there is something there's something in Scripture that for sure people have even fought for right and have have even even rebelled against authoritarian governments as you had said jason as well uh all for scripture and i and i think that that definitely there's something there now um it, now we we gotta we our time is flying so because there's some there's some really good interesting things so let me let me ask you guys this in fact um we wanted to ask how important is the Bible to Christians? I think we all probably agree that it's pretty important, but do you guys see levels of importance between Christians and let's say Adventists or other denominations? Oh, very. How so? Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think? There, there are some, there are some teachers, uh, you know, some denominations, you know, that, that focus on certain, just certain parts, the parts that they like, 
um, parts that are that are relevant to what they want the listener to take home. And they they and and they also do like almost like selectional readings. So they they select the the readings that are positive, that are nice, that are sweet, that are beautiful, that are encouraging. But then the other ones that they don't consider the same thing, um, they don't use like in this whole issue of like uh, just using text about Jesus's love, God's mercy, God's God's, uh, uh, you know, uh, greatness is goodness, which is all very important. But they skip out on repentance. They skip out on judgment. They skip out on sin. Uh, so, yeah, I think depending on the circle. Oh no, we're losing him. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I, uh, he's actually because he's at church today. Yeah, he's at church. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that. I know that the he told us that the Wi-Fi was going to be there. Well, hopefully, hopefully we'll get. I'm gonna uh, remove him real quick from the screen and uh, and while he connects back again. But um, Andrew, what what say you about this? Have you seen uh, different levels of of importance uh, that that Christians apply to it across denominations? Yeah, um, you know, uh, we have. A, we're gonna get into a question about creeds. You know. Uh, in a little bit, but I think one of the things that that's important about the Bible is that if that is our only rule of faith, that that the that the Bible is what God has revealed to us, then as Christians we have to understand what does that mean for us personally. Mm. You know, um, one thing I wanted to mention here, see if I can find it. I found the, the what is said on the fundamental uh, 28 fundamental beliefs. It says the Holy Scriptures are the supreme authoritative. Oh, hold, on, hold, on, hold 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 on. Let me help you with this because literally I have this quote so we can add it. But I, I don't have the whole thing. But go ahead and read it. I'm just going to make sure I put it on here. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. Got it. it says the Holy Scriptures are the supreme authoritative, authoritative and infallible revelation of his will. They are, they are the standard of character, a test of experience, the definitive revealer of doctrines, and the trustworthy record of God's acts in history. Mm. You know, so when we look at this, you know, from a Christian perspective, uh, even just seeing uh, what it says right here, you know, it is, it's a test to our experience. You know, um, it, we were talking about the evidences. You know, it's a trustworthy record of God's acts in history and how he has communicated to us and reached out to us. I think this is a uh, vitally important um, kind of wanted to address a, a, a question here that uh, Matthew Reyes, if I, if I couldn't, it says, uh, so Andrew's commentary says Pharisees and Sadducees who differed on much theology united here to trust Jesus. They wanted Jesus to work a miracle to verify his, legit his legitimacy, but signs never convinced. It says skeptical persons. Jesus had performed major miracles, healings, raising the dead, uh, feeding thousands, but none of that was, convincing um and i guess he was uh, uh, addressing uh, what i was saying and that i guess i was misunderstood it's not at all what i, I was trying to say that you know someone who's not going to believe you know no matter what amount of evidence that you i guess yeah and, and andrew andrew for the, for the, he makes his comment no no i know but <laughs> for, the, for the record though he's not saying that that's that he's commenting on what you're saying but that's at the oh, Andrew okay, Study Bible Andrew's commentary. commentary. Yeah, but, oh, but never, okay, nevertheless, you. though, nevertheless, I, I think that, <laughs> I think that, that that's like, hilarious. Yes, I, was I, like, I wasn't clear there. Andrew's commentary. I was like, what? Yeah, oh, I, 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 I do think though that that was a comment on, uh, on, on what you were saying though. So, so go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I think that that 
what we're saying about um, as much as uh, knowledge that we have, you know, that's not going to convince someone if they 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 have some uh, underlying presupposition, you know, of belief. Right. And um, there's an interesting question that I found actually on uh, one of the uh, apologetic videos that I was uh, listening to. And someone raised this question and it kind of answers this says, is it reasonable to say that some claims in the Bible are probably true and some claims are probably false? They were asking this to one mm. of the apologetic teachers, right? Mm. And when when the, the guy answers it perfectly, because he says it depends on the perspective. And this is what you were talking about, Mitch. It depends on what your perspective of Scripture is, right? If we if we do the hard work of finding evidences for the Bible and you'll never find all the evidences, as we said, Right. But if we do the hard work to find that it is reliable. Right. Then then we have to ask the next question. Well, what does that mean on how I view Bible, view the Bible? If we can get to a point where we can say, OK, there's enough evidences for the Bible. Right. There's a standard. Right. Enough evidences. Then the next question is, how do I approach the Bible? Right. Because we can stop as some people do when they look at the scriptures and say, okay, we're going to look, we're going to read this simply as history. Right. And they never move from there. They just look at it as history that as a matter of fact, they go and they say, Oh, you know, I believe that Jesus was a good teacher. I think we should uh, mimic him in some ways, but it ends there. But if we ask the question that has Jesus spoke, has God spoken and we have enough evidence, right. That says that the Bible is reliable. Then the next question is what bearing does that have on me? All of a sudden, the Bible becomes authoritative over one, right? And so when we say, can the Bible be uh, uh, wrong in some places and right in others, you can do that with a history book and say, oh, you know, if someone jotted down history, maybe some is true, maybe some is false. But all of a sudden, if we have enough evidences to say that God has spoken and the Bible could possibly be the word of God, is the word of God, then all of a sudden, the way we approach it is, then if this is the word of God, then it would actually be unreasonable to think that the scripture has errors in the sense of uh, its theology or the message that he wants to communicate to us. Um, so it's all me, about how yeah. we come to the scriptures. Yeah, let me let me say this. Um, I I do think that you're right. It is how we approach scripture. I also believe that different denominations approach scripture differently. Now, what you read that quote that we put up on the screen, Andrew, that's from. That's from our beliefs, essentially, right? That's that's what we would say we believe as Seventh-day Adventists. And yet, uh, take, for example, uh, Catholics or Orthodox Christians that look at Scripture, and they do see it important. They see it as the written Word of God. But they see it almost, in a sense, subjected under the authority of the Church. And so at that point, um, the idea is that the only the Church is capable of interpreting Scripture, Right. Whereas we would probably look at it and saying the only one that can interpret scripture is the spirit and scripture is even above the authority of the church, which Jason goes back to what you had said originally. So uh, I, I think that all Christians see it as important, but across denominations, some Christians and Martin, I'm, I'm going to go back to you in a second here. But uh, as you were saying, some Christians cherry pick what they like in scripture and what they don't. Some some Christians will go in and say, look, Old Testament is the Old Testament and that doesn't apply to us, only the New Testament. Um, and some people will say, you know what? Well, the scripture, the Bible is a good book, but the Bible speaks to uh, God speaks to us in different ways now. 
So everyone has different levels really of seeing scripture, but I think from at least a Protestant perspective, we have the concept of sola scriptura, you know, when it comes to Adventists, and that's the idea that only scripture is that rule of faith, right? It is the 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 prime authority when it comes to the revealer of doctrine of of test of experience of faith, etc. You back with us, Martin? Um, and I'm hoping that my yeah, yeah, I'm hoping that my connection is strong. Uh, I don't know. The connection here at the church is not too well. So pray for me. I hear you. No worries. Um, what, what I was trying to say earlier, which is exactly that, you know, look like the Bible should actually bring us all together. You would think, you know, as believers, right? Believers just in the one word. But for some reason, people get out of it differently. And I don't I, I still try. I'm, I'm trying to understand how, where, like, what are they reading? What what am I not seeing? But the more I talk to people, the more um, I realize that, you know, what you don't like, like everything we do in life or you don't like, you're not going to you're not going to hold on to. And yeah. what you do like you are. And a lot of people do that with the scriptures. You know, a lot it, of pastors yeah, do that. A lot of denominations do that. And I think that's where where you find all this confusion. Yeah. Now, and now I want to I want to jump into the next question, because a lot of times perhaps the confusion stems from this question. And I, I'm assuming you guys have received this question at some point, uh, but I, I think all of us will encounter it sooner or later. And it's this, right? People will say, well, look, the, the Bible was written by people. It was written by men, right? Uh, and I don't think I should trust anything that was written by men. Like that's a human product. Uh, so so I don't trust it or I don't put as much validity on that. Jason, what, what how do you approach this question uh, when people say, isn't the Bible written by, 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 by men? Isn't it written by people? Why, why should I trust it? I wish I could remember exactly how Dave Ashrick had answered this question. I was watching one of his videos that he does live that he had been doing with the whole DA with DA. Yeah. And um, yeah. he, he had, he actually had, and I was trying to remember it right now, right before you asked this question, I was trying to remember his answer, but he was saying it's the inspired word of God. Cause sometimes the, 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 the the whole issue is like oh but it was written by people it's the word of god but how could it be the word of god if it was written by people we're used to saying the word of god but how he pointed out he's like it's the inspired word of god that's why sometimes when people try to find the errors in the bible and they find one it's like look it's the inspired yeah. word of god humans make mistakes but then okay find that mm. mistake but now pray on it Pray on it, and God's gonna God's gonna reveal to you the answer. But now, it's written by people, right? Okay, but it's inspired. It's inspired. But take that to God. Prove that. Like, try to like get like pray. If you if you're really a person that's trying to figure out if it's really inspired, if it's really not. Once you at, from a Christian point of view, once you put that into prayer, once you put God to test on it, it's. It's not going to prove you're not going to be able to make it like be proven wrong that it was in fact inspired by God. You're not going to find something that's wrong. And, and if anything, if you put even the Ten Commandments to the test, what's bad about the Ten Commandments? If it was written by humans, what what can you tell me that's wrong in it? What can you tell me about what Jesus did? All the miracles that he did. That he did why would it be? Why would you find something wrong in that? You know. It was just trying to put it down to like layman's terms, trying to make it more simpler. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's uh, by the way, you opened up a can of worms there. Uh, I, in, in you know, the whole thing about errors in scripture, by the way, I, I just want to put this on the screen because Second Timothy 3 16 says every scripture is inspired mm -hmm. by God, right? So, I mean, this is the text that you're quoting at this moment. Um, uh, let, let me let me just chime in, uh, Andrew, before because I, I see you smiling, brother. Let me let me just say this if somebody comes up to me and and pops this question, isn't the Bible written by people? I would say, yeah, it is. I don't deny that. Like, there's there's nothing to deny whatsoever about scripture being written by humans. In fact, in fact, the I think that the Seventh-day Adventist position on this very question is the most sensible position that we have in all of Christianity. I, I wasn't even I wasn't even thinking so much of the Seventh Adventist belief, but I'm 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 assuming that is there. By the way, uh, stu super quick, we want to do a shout out to Gio who said, "Yo, happy Sabbath, guys!" Right? He was just saying happy Sabbath. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Gio, uh, our, our brother from another stream or channel or whatever it is, um, and uh, and then we also just got a Feliz Sabbath from my mother in law, the other side of the country. There you go. Yeah, yeah, from from your mother in law, Andrew. So you know, we just got to recognize that. But but here but here's here's what I wanted to say. So, isn't the Bible written by people? It is. And Ellen White does not deny the fact that it was written in imperfect language. Right? This is what she says. She says, the, I'm, reading, I'm quoting this from, uh, from uh, Great Controversy, uh, in, uh, 1888. Here we go. It says, the Bible points to God as its author. This is Ellen White, by the way. Yet it was written by human hands. This is Jason. what Jason was saying. And in the varied style of its different books, it presents the characters of the several writers. See, that we recognize that God was using humans to convey the message. He could have sent an angel, but who knows how he would have received that. Instead, he, uh, God sends the message through human agents so that it better communicates with the people that communicate with us. Right, the people around them would understand because they're speaking human language. I got some other quotes here. I don't. I don't want to cut the inspiration there, but I just wanted to say that I zero problem whatsoever with the fact that uh, humans were the ones actually writing these things out. But it's the question of inspiration: were they or were they not inspired? Andrew, go ahead, man. No, no I just I, I I keep smiling because uh, you know I, I'm listening to what you guys are saying. You know, and I think that. When we look at the 28 uh, fundamental beliefs, we're very careful about the way we write this, which I think is important because it says the Holy Scriptures are supreme authoritative. And then this is the key right here and the infallible revelation of his will. Right. We can talking about inerrancy. Right. And different types of inerrancy. Right. Is it is, is it the, the word of God verbatim? Right. Word for word. Right. When we do that, all of a sudden we do it. Um, what they do with the Quran, right? And we elevate the word of God because if we say that God is eternal and his word, the word of God will then be eternal because we put it on the same level of God, right? And we would say that the, then that's the problem that the Muslims have. All of a sudden, the Bible existed eternally with God. And that's a whole nother topic for another time. But, right, I think it's important that we use that word, the infallible revelation of his will, right? As the spirit, uh, right, right? I think Second uh, Peter one twenty says this perfectly. And it says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. Keep uh, keeping uh, that in your guys' heads. It says, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Right? As the Holy Spirit 
uh, intervened, right? As the Holy Spirit has uh, revealed the will of God to men, right? I think the the, the key part of this also is uh, uh, when we're talking about the, the historicity of the Bible and, and the evidences, right? And one of the things that we say, right, we're saying this was written by men, right? I think this was actually genius on God's part to be able to preserve the Holy Scriptures in its entirety, the way we have scripture, scripture set up, right? Because it says that, or in this Bible verse, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. You guys talked about how there's over 6,000 copies of the manuscripts in Coptic, in Greek, in Latin, in all kinds of different in, uh, um, uh, uh, languages, right? Where we can go back to those sources through different uh, generations and look at the different copies and see if anything has been changed. When the Bible literally says that it is not a private interpretation, literally, when we compare that to history, it makes complete sense because no one, if someone would have altered the scriptures at one point or at one time in history, we would have known because we have all these different copies showing, hey, hey, something's wrong with this, this one right here. Something's wrong with this copy right here because it doesn't say what these, what 5,000, 6,000 copies say. So when we when the scripture says uh, that that scripture is of no uh, is not of any private interpretation, how much more so when we look at the history and the evidence of all the manuscripts that we have that God has perfectly preserved the message and His will through imperfect beings like us. Um, Mar, before before you chime in, because I know you want to chime in real quick regarding the text that you just read in Second Peter one twenty. Uh, it, it's it, there, there's a lot of discussion as to how you truly should translate that that verse from the Greek, and it's interesting because what it's what it's trying to convey, at least in Greek, at least most scholars would probably say that Protestant scholars for sure, is that this idea of private interpretation that it's meant to say that it is not it does not come from the prophet's own imagination, right? It is really coming from the Spirit of God. And, and and so, whereas because Catholics a lot of times will look at this very same text and will say something like, oh, you see, you, privately you cannot interpret this text, only the church can do so. But that's not really what he's trying to say. Uh, you know, just to clarify, I, I know that's not what you were saying, Andrew, but just to add in that information, right? That the idea is that it didn't just pop up into the into the brain and, and uh, of the prophet and just, just started imagining things. God was directing thoughts in this well, process. Hey, hey, wait, hold up, yeah. can I add to that? Yeah. So, yeah. so the person didn't say, I imagine and suppose? No, it, well, in fact, it was funny because I was—I'm I'm actually I'm talking about right. Yes, yes no, it, I, I was just—I'm literally <laughs> recording a video on this, and if you look at it, you—you you keep seeing in scripture this idea that I was called, I was shown, right, or God said to me, but never what you just said, Andrew. But I imagine and suppose if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, Joseph yep, Smith. Yep. Yep. In one of his letters, says that yep. I imagine and suppose. I, I forget though the whole, but that—that's that, how he starts. His, yeah. Uh, yeah. For sure, Crazy. for sure, Martin. You know what? What I what I just I just wanted to add. Um, what I find interesting is that Jesus, he quotes a lot of the of the prophets, a lot of the writings. If if he was, if he didn't trust in the writers, right? If they either made it by their own imagination or 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 they copied it from somebody, all these quotes that you see them all from Isaiah or from this or from that, you know, he wouldn't have. At least I, I don't. I, that's not the Jesus that I know. <laughs> he wouldn't have quote unreliable sources, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why uh, the the text that I was reading actually this last week 
is found in Matthew 5, 17, 18. It says, think not that I have come to destroy the law or the prophets. What did they write? That's the law that was written, that was given. The prophets that were inspired, that that God either revealed to them through with a, with a, an angel or or a dream or in, inspired them. You know, it says, but I have, I have not come to destroy, but to fulfill for every for verily I say unto you till heaven and earth pass one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all is fulfilled. That shows to me that everything that was that has been given is reliable out of Jesus' own mouth. And if we only want to believe Jesus, we don't want to believe anything else, that there tells us that scripture is reliable. And the and the people who wrote it, sorry, and the people who wrote it are reliable too. I just wanted to mention that quote from Joseph Smith. So that yeah, you got it, you got it. Okay. I got it right here. It says, Joseph Smith says, we have imagined and supposed that God was God from all eternity. I will refute that idea and take away the veil so that you may see. These are incomprehensible ideas to some, but they are simple. And we could read, but yeah, I, I, I'm so glad that the scripture doesn't say that I, we have a private interpretation that we can imagine and suppose, right? For sure. Now, I, I also just want to take a step back here, Andrew, to something that you had mentioned. Because I think it's important. We're, sometimes we throw out these terms, but we got to define them. Um, we we mentioned infallibility. We mentioned inerrancy. You had said that it was it was very carefully placed as infallibility and inerrancy. What's the difference, right? Inerrancy, essentially, we're talking about is that there are no errors in what we have as a copy of Scripture, right? So, in other words, it is in error, right? Inerrancy. That's where it comes from. Whereas infallibility is the idea that the message behind it does not contain errors. The document may very well contain errors, but not the message in and of itself. The message is infallible. It cannot fail. Um, so there's a difference there. Now, Adventists do not believe in, in inerrancy. Okay, We do not believe that the text of Scripture is without error. And I don't want to jump into this. I'm just going to mention it super quickly because we're going to get to Yeah, we're going to get to this. And another day. Yeah, no, for sure. This is the issue with Bible translations. Whenever you hear anyone say the authorized version, when they talk about the KGV, they are leaning towards a concept of inerrancy and not infallibility. In other words, they're saying that the manuscript and document itself does not or should not contain error, or it's been preserved to not contain errors. And I'm already letting everyone know, you must be careful with that type of language. By the way, Ellen White does not support inerrancy. And she, we believe, is a prophet of God. And she says herself, people may say that, I actually have the quote here, and I'll, and I'll find it in a second. But she'll say something like, people may say there may very well be that, uh, people, are, I, I can't believe in the Bible because there may be errors in that. And she say, that may very well be. She has no issue with that because she understands that the message is infallible. So without closing back the can of worms. You, you can't, you can't just op open that. You just open it up. Closing it back. Closing it back. No, no, no. You didn't close it. It's leaking right now. No, no, no. You know what it is? You know what it is, Andrew? We'll steal it for the week. No, you know what it is? Andrew, Andrew wants to open the can of worms and he wants to just dump it because that's one of his favorite conversations. That's what I that's what it is. No, not even. I didn't even want to open it, dude. I'm Anyways, sorry, I, 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 I just want to bring you to a, a, a question or another topic that we're going to be touching on, especially in this series. Absolutely. With Bible translations. Now, here's a question for you guys, though. Can you learn about God outside the Bible? 
Yes. How so? How so, brother? Tell me about that. You, you can well, learn about um, God outside the Bible. That's blasphemy. Well, yeah, what are you talking you, about? You 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 have a well. You have nature. Does not that the Bible say the heavens declare the glory of God? You know. So the Bible itself says that in nature you can know who God is. Now I'm not talking about like Mother Earth and you know Father Destiny or Universe. No, 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 no. I'm being specific here to what uh, to what the scriptures say that yes. In nature, you can see. I mean, if if nature is not a testament to God, then again, quotes that we see in Scripture that point to the end, that point to the stars, that point to the seas, that point to the air, that point to the birds, that point to the plants, and I could keep going on and on and on. Mm, okay. Why would the reference be there if it's not an evidence or if it's not something that you can also learn from? Mm. Without going too much into detail. Without going, okay, fair enough. And, and Matthew enough. and Matthew just confirmed on 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 YouTube as well. Just wanted to point that out there. Uh, Ma Matthew, Matthew, and nature exclamation mark. That was his answer. Yes. Nature exclamation mark. Very well, very well. Uh, what's it? What say you, Jason? Can we learn about God outside of the Bible? Martin kind of took my point. The whole nature thing and all that. But that's even, that's the number one answer. Yeah. <laughs> to me, to me, even with science, to me. And I, I've said it before in, in different conversations that we have. Um, one of the classes that I took in college that really like opened my mind and that really like that really ma made me like, wow, God does not play around. It was embryology. The chances mm -hmm. that you and I were born normal, what we consider normal without Down syndrome, without Padua syndrome, without any of those what we consider diseases – the chances of that happening are super, super slim because of so many genes, so many different different um, reactions that have to happen at a specific time in the exact day. The chances of that happening without there being a God are ridiculously like mm, – mm. there, there's a mathematical term for that. Even math itself proves God. The fact that math itself just is like the chances of oh man, there's just so many things coming into my yeah, head right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. The chances, the chances of twenty three chromosomes. The yeah. Chances of twenty no no not chromosomes. Oh, okay, the chances okay. of twenty three amino acids. Okay, okay I got binding you. together to be able to make a protein to later on be able to create all these other things to eventually end up to form a cell mathematically. Not a Christian mathematician. Now, th this guy, he's not, he, I, I can't remember the name of the mathematician that came up with, the, with this formula, but the chances of that happening are literally like zero, 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 point, whatever the heck it is. Right. Happening. It's just the chances of it happening is it's never going to happen. You're more likely going to get hit by lightning than for evolution to happen. And this is by an evolutionist. That made up this, this, this number. Okay, but you don't believe in the Bible. Okay, okay. F fair enough. But I'm gonna push back on both of you, and, and Andrew. I don't know if you want to chime in on this. Now you, got, you guys are kind of telling me that that nature may point to God. Mm -hmm. Maybe says some things about God. I mean, but can you really learn about God from nature? I think you can see you can see uh, 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 glimpses of 
the person of God, not just in nature, but for example, and and with us as well, with humans, the 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 creation, right? The pinnacle of creation. That's how some or the jewel of creation, right? With 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 kindness, with mercy, with love, all that stuff that uh, people would argue that evolution put in, but nah, man, like like it, it's something that that is already ingrained in us. Who put that there? I mean that 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 can't be just a series of of millions, uh, 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 um, or trillions of things gone right once. So so that can be placed in us. Um, and I was going to read scripture, but uh, to point to back that up. But I'm, I think I'm going to save this scripture towards towards a little later. <laughs> towards the end, I got you. Martin is very on point with that because forget the whole the whole Bible being a point of view to find mercy and understand all of that. Look at how many animals from different species will all of a sudden foster an animal from another species and raise it like its own. Okay, fair, fair enough, fair enough, Jason. But but let me now push back. But how much violence is in the natural world as well? No, yeah, th that's true. So, so but, that, but because so, from one, from my Christian point of view, because we live in a fallen world. But then when you see things like that, it's like, oh, you wouldn't expect that. Like, oh, you wouldn't expect like a like a feline mother being loving to its cubs, taking care of them, and all that. But yet, there's that. There's also that side of love. Like people just think because we're we're because God created us to dominate over animals and all that we think that animals are dumb but animals aren't dumb and science science once again has proven it that there's some animals that are ridiculously smart like even just a like an octopus who taught it to open a jar it'll learn to it'll learn to open a jar but it doesn't have hands it doesn't have fingers how does it open it like they're smart and yeah. you think that within yeah. all of that that God gave them to be able to do all these things. You think they don't know themselves that there is a creator? You think like it's it, like it's just right. Obviously, right. we're going we're going off subject. No, right no, 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 you're not. Opens up to that because like even with birds, birds don't really sing at night. But as soon as the sun comes up, what's the first thing they start doing? They start chirping. And this is just me with my Christian mentality. I'm like, oh, they're. Maybe they're singing to the creator. Maybe they're singing to God. Like, thank you for the sun. And what do we as humans do? The first thing is, well, well, most of us, like, what do we do when we first thing we wake up? We thank God for another day. Yeah. You think animals aren't going to do that? If anything, they beat us because they do it at the crack of dawn. We do it whenever we wake up, be it 9, 10. I'm not going to judge you whatever time you wake up. But that's how animals work. I hear you. I hear you, a Andrew. Andrew, what say you about this? What are your thoughts on this? Uh, that's funny. I'm 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 completely smiling because I, I I'm completely confused. I was like, nature. I'm like, why didn't I think about nature? And I look at the question and like, I'm I completely misread the question. I, I, I don't even know how I messed this one up. I, I'm curious how you read the question, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't leave us right no, there. You got, now you no, got to no, put no, everybody in. The, I, uh, the way I, I had read the question and some of the stuff that I looked up was, can you learn about the Bible outside the Bible? Not can you learn about God outside the Bible. Uh, so I got you. I have all, look, kinds look. Of, all kinds of quotes <laughs> and all kinds of things on things outside of of. of of uh that we can look outside of the bible and i and i yeah. have a couple of them that i think could show i guess you know uh, a little bit about how we can learn about god outside of uh the bible itself sure you know um some of the ones i hadn't and you guys could tell me if they they kind of make sense i was gonna uh, go with history textual criticism prophecy whoa, whoa, whoa. experience 
right, that we were talking about right now, and obviously nature. But I, I wanted to talk uh, about history a little bit because I guess this is an extra biblical source or something outside. Through history, we can learn about God, right? One of the evidences for the Bible and for God, ultimately, right? Um, I found this, uh, uh, what is called the, it's an article on the Telden excavation, right, uh, about King David in 1993. It says that a fragmentary Tel Dan Stella containing the Tel Dan inscription for the House of David inscription provided the first historical evidence of King David from the Bible. The Aramean king who erected the Stella in the mid 18th century BC claims to have defeated the king of Israel and the king of the House of David. Right. This is one of the evidences that we could use for the Bible or for God. And this and I'm trying to relate this to what we're talking about, because, you know, we see that King David was an actual real figure in the Bible. And in 1993, we found this. Right. We have something that's called the Pilot Stone that was found in uh, 1961 that that uh, dates back to A.D. 36, you know, because uh, there was some scholarship in the 1700s that was trying to, I guess, say that the whole Pontius Pilate uh, was something that uh, was fabricated, was not a mm-hmm. real character in the Bible. Right. That he was uh, just uh, uh, someone that was uh, Roman that was trying to be put into the story of the Gospels to make it more, uh, I guess, believable. But in uh, 1961, we found something that was called the Pilot Stone. Uh, stone, which says on on there, it's a small little rock that says uh, two by three that says Pontius Pilate, prefect, right, which we know as a governor of Judea, has pro- has presented the Tiberium to the Caesareans, which is interesting because we talk about evidences for the Bible or evidences for God, right? We can go through history and see that there's extra biblical stuff out there or history that that uh i guess points us to god right um some other ones that i have here you know um extra biblical sources that we'll probably get into other you know another time when uh josephus people like that uh uh tacitus Mm -hmm. and the talmud i don't know if you guys want me to read any of these or we'll save these for another time save them save them (laughs) save them because i i think without going too far from the question I I think what you guys, what, at least what you were saying right now, are definitely references that talk about the things that Scripture talks about, right? But the million-dollar question is whether or not you can learn directly about God without having a Bible. And I, I hear what Jason, I hear what Martin was saying. Uh, by the way, Scripture would probably agree with you. I would say it does agree with you, right? Uh, what is it? Psalms 19.1, the heavens declare uh, the glory of God. Uh, Ellen White has a great quote as well, where she says that next to the Bible, nature is that great lesson book. Mm -hmm. And yet, I would argue that although it could tell you some things about God, you still need the Bible. Yeah. Uh, In other words, I, I believe it's limited. I believe it's incredibly limited, actually. I think nature may tell us that there is a creator God. But see, my concern... Uh, look at look at the uh, the um, uh, the origins of Darwinian evolution. Charles Darwin himself actually began his 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 journey to eventually developing Darwinian evolution by trying to distance God from nature because he saw evil in nature, and that just didn't equate with God. And so, and of course, this was and started writing some of these things. But the idea is that. 
um, if you only look at nature, you may get pointed to a creator, but I think it's so limited. Honestly, I think it is. Um, and I think you need, you need the Bible to point you to the true and accurate character and person of God. Please feel free to push back on me guys. Go ahead. No, hey, no, you, you're right on point on that. Cause, um, I was actually looking, I think it was Matthew's comment. He said, yes, he put, you can learn about love and God is love. So you can learn about God, but because God is love, the only reason we understand God is love is because we have the Bible or else we would never have. I honestly don't think we would ever have a real idea of what love really is. We would never get to a point where we would understand it because the Bible explains it so clearly. Now, there's so many other aspects of God that we honestly, I honestly like nature can only do so much. But there's other aspects of God and his character that we would never understand if we didn't have the Bible. So, I mean, we can, there's, we can learn about God outside of the Bible to a certain extent, be it through nature, be it through, uh, through even personal relationships with one another, but we still need the Bible. We still need that something else that God inspired to let us know, look, look, this is who I am. Um, I, I think, go ahead, go ahead, Martin. I know you wanted to chime in on this. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, well, two things that came to mind. Number one, uh, uh, I think every major religion, every faith, every, uh, view on a God, right. Not just the God of the Bible, but a God, it has some type of book, right. Where we get mm -hmm. a revelation of that person, which I think is very interesting. Um, and I think it definitely uh, uh, shows that that outside of nature, there has to be a written word, some type of instruction, some type of, of written uh, revelation to a group of people or to an individual. But I wanted to I wanted to read something that I thought was very interesting that I read in the book when well, the books, the, the believe, right, the what Seventh-day sure. Adventists believe. Um, and it says this. It says the world around us gives us mixed signals, which I think we all can agree. Right, um, right. Presenting more questions than answers. It reveals a conflict between good and evil, but does not explain how and why conflict started, who is fighting and why or who will ultimately win. And I think that's, that kind of goes on what you were saying, um, Mitch, that as much as we have nature, the world around us, including nature, tells us more and we need explanations on why and this is where the bible comes in yeah i, I just wanted to add add something kind of reminded me because you guys were saying that god uh, god's word is ultimately like the final seal of like what we all have built in us right that searching right either whether it's through uh, a, a nature or a morality or things that point us to god you know all these things are a compass that direct us to a higher source but if we just have a burning bush but no revelation after that. It's just a burning bush. And we say we're looking almost like our, our hearts are, are yearning for something that doesn't have something to close the, the book uh, per se. You know, I, it reminds me of what happens with uh, Cornelius, the, the, the Roman centurion, where it says the Bible says that your 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 gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering. You know, who know we don't have any any uh, extra information. Who knows what actually, um, you know, had him almost living a godly life, 
right? Where right. he saw that there was a need to give to the poor. He saw there was obviously something that was going on in his heart that he knew that there was something more to life than than just what he was living. And there was a there was a need that came from his heart to do these things. And almost like when uh, uh, Peter comes and he's like, this is what you've been looking for. Here's right. the seal. This is the direction. Here's the guidebook, as uh, Martin put it. Right. And I think that that's what scripture is. Yeah, for sure. Um, by the way, uh, there, there's some really good comments that I want to recognize. Uh, without God, uh, Matthew says, we're lost. Uh, without God's word, we're lost. Human development and research will lead us to mistaken conclusions. I think that's what you were trying to say as well, uh, Martin. Um, Michelle, I, I like what Michelle says here, by the way. Okay, I'm, I'm fully behind this statement. We can become aware of God outside of the Bible, but learn about God mm-hmm. only through like the Bible. Yeah, I think yeah, that's, yeah. that's really good. Um, uh, Gio, uh, believing is, is script, believing in scripture has three elements, consistency, historicity, and experience. Okay. And by the way, we're going to be coming back to these, to these All concepts, those. to these. Yeah. Uh, in the, in the following conversations, um, there's also a uh, loose assemblies had mentioned, uh, through your testimony. And remember that scripture also talks about the law of God, uh, being presented to those who don't have the law of God through the conscience. And so there is something there as well, right? Through even those life experiences, sometimes we learn. But no no doubt, I think all of us would agree that um, uh, it is Scripture is important for us to get the full picture of God. Now, we, we got to start wrapping this up, but there are two more things we want to point to because I think that uh, it's important. By the way, uh, Jason, I know you got to get going, brother. Uh, Jason's actually got he, – he double booked us tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he's actually got to go speak to a youth group. So, uh, brother, it was good having you here. We will see you on the next one. Uh, be safe. We're praying for you. Absolutely. Bless, um, and, and so uh, there's, there's, I think. Uh, by the way, I'm uh, sorry. I just want to make sure. Julio Santos says it doesn't make sense to learn about something or someone from an external source. So just use the Bible to learn about God. And again, that goes back to I think Michelle's comment, right? Which is we become aware of God in nature. But we learn about God, right, in uh, in Scripture. It's good to see Julio back on uh, on the chat here. We hadn't seen him in a while. Uh, by the way, we hope he's he's got he's got twin boys now. So I, we get it. We we understand why he may not be able to join live. But um, it was hey, good to see hey, him. Hey, I'm I'm praying for you, brother. I, I have I have one, and I'm already struggling. So yeah. I, I can't even imagine. <laughs> two two at the same you, time. Two at the same time. Now, um, there's there is some there are two last things that we want to look at tonight. So again, thank you if you're still with us. Um, number one is a very important statement on behalf of Seventh-day Adventists. Actually, this is the first statement in our fundamental beliefs, but it's not fundamental belief number one. It comes before it. And it's the following. I have it on the screen here. Mm -hmm. Seventh-day Adventists accept the Bible as their only creed and hold certain fundamental beliefs to be the teaching of the Holy Scriptures. I want to ask you guys what what you think about this comment um, about this statement. Again, this is a voted statement by the world church. This is essentially, if we're going to talk about the Bible, we have to talk about this statement at some point. Uh, and so we want to do it in, you know, the last 10 minutes or so that we have here. Uh, but, um, what do you perceive in this statement? What is it trying to say? Um, the Bible is, you can find everything that we believe, right? All 28 fundamental beliefs in it. Um, and, that's where we have the support. That's where we have the evidence. This is where it's our the 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 place where we go to to confirm to any doubters or anybody that wants to know more about the state of the dead, the sanctuary, the Sabbath. Um, the Bible is the place. It's our it's our source. And I like the fact that it says as 
their only creed and hold certain fundamental beliefs to be the teachings of the Holy Scriptures that we believe that that is where they are found and we can go to it to show anyone that has questions, this is where you find it. Andrew, what say you? What are your thoughts on this? Um, I have uh, two quotes here that I think will kind of shed some light on this because I think is that, that, uh, is that is that legal, brother? Is that legal? Isn't that like wait, answering the question with the he question? Said, he said, he said, what what do you think? And you're gonna quote other people's thoughts. Hey, you, you know, you know, you know why I'm gonna do that? Because <laughs> go it's for a go valid for source. Oh, uh oh. Here uh -oh. we go. Here we go. I have two quotes. One from one from James White, and another from a uh, uh, a book where it's talking about John uh, Loughborough. Talking about creeds, it says here in 1861 at the meeting at which the Sabbatarians organized their first state conference, John Loughborough highlighted the problem that the early Adventists saw in creeds. According to Loughborough, the first step of the first step of apostasy is to get up a creed, telling us telling us what we shall believe. The second is to make that creed a test of fellowship. The third is to try members by that creed. The fourth is to denounce as heretics those who do not believe the creed and the fifth to commence persecution against such mm. second quote, James White says, oh, but, you're, okay, but you're going to let us comment on that quote because yeah, that's yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. You guys, you right, guys can all right, have at it. All right. All right. James White says making a creed is setting the stakes and barring up the way to all future advancement. God put the gifts into the church for a good and great object, but men who have got up their churches have shut up the way or have marked out a course for the Almighty. They, excuse me, they say virtually that the Lord must do anything further, must not do anything further than what has been marked out in the creed. A creed and the gifts thus stand in direct opposition to each other. Now, what is our position as a people? The Bible is our creed. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Mic drop. All right. Here we go, man. We we got to We got to We got to comment on this. By the way. Um. So, you know, because this is keep calm having on. So we say what we got to <laughs> say. All right. So, all right. I, look, I got I to accommodate myself a little bit better on this chair. All right. Here we go. Oh, oh, oh okay. That, that Loftborough quote, that's exactly what we do with the 28 fundamental beliefs. What he said, what, what he said is exactly what we've been doing. What he speaks out against is exactly what we've been doing with the 28 fundamental beliefs in that. That is your test of faith. If you, when you get baptized, you must vow to accept and believe the 28 fundamental beliefs. That's what I was thinking. The, the baptismal vows say that. Yeah. Go, go ahead, go ahead, brother. Go ahead. You vow to those 28 fundamental beliefs, and yet the position of Ellen White and the FDA church is that we have progressive understanding. There are okay. pillars that don't change, but there are. But with the, the credo, we have a, um, how would you say, a flexibility to be able to move forward in certain uh, 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 aspects of our of our faith. Don't right, we? right, right. But but now but now you are 100 percent right with what you said. I'm talking about in practice. I'm talking oh, about absolutely. what has happened. And hold on. Oh, hold absolutely. on. I agree with you there. <laughs> and and because of the of not listening to what Loftborough had written back then. OK. And not Which actually following words. It's a very strong word. That's why I didn't want to say it. <laughs> Look, this is what's happened. We have had people say that Ellen White 
actually fell into apostasy because she she promoted, for example, a Trinitarian view of God, okay, or a justification by faith view of God. We now have offshoot Adventists because we have presented fundamental beliefs as creed. Look, let me say something about this statement that we have on the screen right now. This is one of the most powerful statements in all of Seventh-day Adventism. And it is because what we are saying, essentially, is that the 28 fundamental beliefs that we have are a expression of what we believe Scripture teaches. But ultimately, hold on, ultimately, the authority in, in, in the Seventh-day Adventist Church is the Bible, not the 28 fundamental beliefs, which means that if the Spirit moves and leads, it is not a problem for us to either change adapt wording, and even add or subtract to the fundamental beliefs. This is why people, when we switched from 27 to 28, made a huge deal. But little did they understand that the one statement of belief that is clear is this one, the Bible as their only creed. And and in fact, I'm going to add something else on the screen for a second. Go ahead. ahead. Interject real quick. Maybe you want to explain to the people what a creed is for for those maybe, maybe don't. Maybe sure. people don't know what a creed is. Sure, absolutely. A creed is basically a formal statement of Christian beliefs that basically have been established and will not change, right? Uh, 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 and the idea is that you live by that creed. For example, we have the Apostles' Creed, and the Apostles' Creed is supposedly believed by all Christians, right? And this is a statement of belief that will never change. Yeah. That is it. That is the definitive truth, and you must live your life by that definitive truth nothing will change that that's that's and, the concept of a, of a creed yeah and, and just so you guys know you know the baptist church will have its creed the methodist church will have its creed a lutheran church will have its creed every church will have its own creed its own statement of faith of yep. what they believe and that's what they're tied to Martin, you were going to say something no no I, w- I was agreeing you know and i think that's what with even more reason uh before or maybe i don't know for some of our viewers um, you know, because we we throw out these these, uh, I think the questions are are very valid, and at times that they, they, they might actually uh, confuse certain certain people, right? Um, we got to be sure to know what we believe. Number one, and our source of why we believe what we believe is the Bible, simply just like the 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 statement on on the screen says. With that being said, we need to be very uh, um, observant read and going uh connecting with what andrew just 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 mentioned that you know when we say oh well we believe that too we got to be sure to know what other faiths even though they call themselves christians actually believe because maybe on the surface uh we're 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 uh we're exactly on the same page but when we dive deeper we're we're not the same. We yeah. don't see yeah. the state of the dead the same. We don't see the de- the the Ten Commandments the same. We don't see when a person even is saved the same. Baptism, um, I mean, uh, uh, the the second coming of Jesus, you know, rapture or no rapture, all right. those things. Right. So we got need to need to number one, study our word. Uh, number two, know what we believe, right? Uh, and number three. You know, take a look at what other people believe and understand uh, what they believe and why they believe that, because that can actually help us appreciate, I think, uh, uh, our beliefs a little more.
I think so. I think so. And and let me and let me just add this. I, I look. We we bring this. We bring we bring this question here because we're going to be talking about the Bible and other aspects of it in following conversations. We're almost done. We'll be done within the next five minutes. But after this statement that you see on the screen, that all of you are seeing on the screen, okay, this is what comes next. And I'm going to put it up on the screen. I just copied it over so everybody can see it. Right. This is what we believe as a Seventh Adventist Church. These beliefs, as set forth here, that is these 28 fundamental beliefs constitute the church's understanding and expression of the teaching of scripture. And then notice what it says. Revision of these statements may be expected at a general conference session when the church is led by the Holy Spirit to a fuller understanding of Bible truth or find better language and to continue saying to express things. Look, this is, this is the idea here. Uh, I, I, and, and I, I'm sorry, I'm a little passionate when it comes to this one, but I'll explain why. I've heard way too many times. I've been Adventist for way too long. And I've, as a pastor, I've heard this way too many times. Whenever there's a change in wording, whenever there's a change in this or that, oh, what are we doing? I can't believe we're doing this. Hey, understand that our creed is scripture, which means that the spirit can lead us to a more Other. adequate, more appropriate present truth for the time. It mm -hmm. does not mean that because something was written down on a piece of paper, the Spirit cannot lead us anywhere else. If Scripture is primary, then the Holy Spirit is the one that has to lead us to that primary source and be able to say, you know what? This is where the truth goes. Too many times have I heard people call on tradition or what has yep. been to say what cannot be. And I'm yep. done with that. Honestly, I'm done with that. We cannot continue doing that because then it is a misreading of our beliefs as of now. 28 fundamental beliefs is what we believe the Holy Spirit has led us to. It is possible that in the future we will have a 29th belief. I don't know. But of course, one thing, does it depend on scripture and is the spirit leading? And I think that's that's very important. Oh man, I'm, I'm hearing some strong words from you, Pastor Mitch. The, the, in your language is this, you swallow a gnat and you strain out the, what is it? Calm, calm down, brother. Calm down, is, brother. Is All, right. <laughs> All for the sake of your traditions? Calm yeah, down, bro. Yeah. Hey, look, look. <laughs> yeah, I'm, hey, I'm hey, are you gonna are you gonna ask for fire right now to come down? I'm, no, no, I'm not. But I will say something <laughs> to everybody that's watching this because it's a mainly Adventist audience. Go back to your fundamental beliefs and do not begin with number one. Begin with the very first statement, and that's essentially what we're talking about. All right, we got to wrap it up. And so here's a very, very last question, guys. Um, is the Bible the only rule of faith? Which goes along with what we're talking about here. Is the Bible the only rule of faith? And again, we got to wrap it up here in about a minute or so. So briefly, what do you guys think about this? And and then we'll call it a day. I'll make it I'll make it clear. Uh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> that that's simple. I mean, I, I don't think I, I don't think I need to add any more. Uh, uh, what am I going to uh, do a Jason? Jason's not here. What, what, what would Jesus what would Jesus say or what would Jesus do? No, but um, I, I wanted to give us a scripture here. Romans 15, 4. Just to give you guys some encouragement, it says for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement, they, the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Ultimately, mm -hmm. it's our rule of faith. It's it's the scriptures where we grab where we where we grab the, the revelation and communication of God. It is where we get our hope. That is our rule of faith. Very well, and and I and I'm gonna do I'm gonna bust a um an Andrew right here real quick, oh. okay. And I got two quotes for you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm you're gonna, gonna, gonna say Yeah, and I'm just gonna mic drop. Second Timothy three sixteen, which you've quoted already. It says all scripture 
is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may thoroughly be equipped for every good work. That sounds like the answer hey. to this question is yes. Hey, I know that's what you're going to say. Yeah, it's God breathe. Okay. That's what scripture says, but let me, let me just add Ellen White um, uh, in, uh, um, in this quote, in this final quote, which says, leave the impression upon the mind that the Bible and the Bible alone mm -hmm. is our rule of faith. And that the sayings and doings of men are not to be a criterion for our doctrines or actions. Mm. There. Nah. All right. <laughs> Mic drop. Um, and, and very quickly, um, uh, we recognize some of these comments, final comments. Uh, we can't go anywhere without the Bible. Ellen White writings are not our foundation. This comes right after I just quoted Ellen White. But as you know, Ellen White, <laughs> Ellen White points to Scripture as a rule of faith, not her own writings, but Scripture. Uh, and Michelle says, I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. -E. Yes. If I had a way to applaud that, I would definitely do so. Um, uh, guys, look, hey, I'm, I'm excited about the series coming up because we're, we're going to be getting into some interesting topics. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, it's going to be a blessing at the end for everyone that's watching. Uh, so many different things that are going on. Uh, but again, you know, I think, I think if we keep putting scripture where it needs to be, it's going to lead us to Jesus. And if it leads us to Jesus, we're going to be fine. I, I think, I think that's, yeah. the best way of putting it. I just, just, just want to say something yeah. because Matthew Ray is with his little emojis when he yeah. put the Andrew, the Andrew commentary and I was, yeah. I was all like refuting and now oh, yeah. and he, and he says, uh, not EG, EGW, the Bible. And then you call EGW is like. Oh yeah. No, no. Matthew's been on point today. Matthew's been on point today. Hey, we, look, we got all, we got all, we got nothing but love for you. Absolutely. Look, um, we, we want to thank you once again for joining us. Look, we know the conversations are long, but again, we do them every other week. And if you're concerned, you're like, oh, this is too stressful for me. Don't worry. Martin's almost like 11 o'clock out there. So, you know, Amen. I mean, if he's, if Amen. he's making that sacrifice, I'm just saying, but remember that if you miss out on something on these conversations or you had to go, you had to, you know, go do something, whatever it is, you can go back onto YouTube. You can go back onto Facebook and you can listen to us on Spotify and you'll be able to get this full conversation. Share this with your friends. Share this with your young people at church. Share this with other people that you know. Uh, you know, Be part of the conversation. Uh, we're not saying we have all the answers, but we just talk about these things and we think that through this conversation, God will lead us to better things. So, uh, Pastor Martin, is it okay if you uh, finalize our today's program with a word of prayer? Yeah. All right. Let's uh, bow our heads. Father in heaven, Lord, we want to just thank you because you give us your written word, Lord. We thank you because you've given, given us revelation through the prophets. Uh, the Spirit led them, Lord. And I pray, Father, that um, that we may draw closer and closer to it. That way we may know what your heart is, who your son is, and especially what your son did on the cross for each and every one of us. Bless us this night. Thank you again for, for the Bible. Um, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for that, Martin. Um, hey, once again, we want to thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure to be part of your Friday afternoon or Sabbath uh, early hours. Uh, but again, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for the support. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to like. If, if this was a blessing to you, don't forget to share as well. And, you know, we're going to keep doing what we keep doing because we believe in something, right? We believe that as the world criticizes scripture, as sometimes people say, I don't even know if I trust it. You know, we say we do trust scripture. And we also tell you five words that come along with that. Five, always the same ones. Keep calm 
and Advenant. Keep looking towards the coming of Jesus. I know that you will be blessed. Have a great Sabbath. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you on the next conversation. God bless.